Welcome to the Bear Essentials Podcast, where the talk is real and hibernating on your goals is not an option. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Charles Wallace. I was very excited for today's guest. His name is Dave Roberts. He's actually the trainer I use for my German Shepherd, Klaus. I wanted him to come on and share with you all the importance of having a dog trainer and more importantly, the importance of your dog being well-behaved. So without further ado, let's welcome Dave Roberts of Focus Point Dog Training to the show. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. Um, looking forward to talking about our dogs and, and making better dogs for everybody. It's an exciting thing and a very important thing, just like you said. It just makes our lives a, a so much easier when our dogs listen to us and they become our partners. It, it, it's a good thing. So, Dave, I, I, I'll get into this a little bit, but I have noticed too, and I thought this was really important timing because I feel like post pandemic, during the pandemic with everyone being home, a lot of people decided to get a pet. A lot of people got dogs. I feel like I see more and more dogs. So I think it's even more important that they are well-behaved and they're trained so that we're not having all these poor animals ending up in shelters. So I wanted to ask you, one, how long have you been a dog trainer and what made you get into being a dog trainer? I'll kind of go back a little bit, right? So I am Dave Roberts, Focus Point Dog Training. Um, I got my first dog in 1982 and, it was a breeder that became a lifelong friend. We're still friends. I had basically bought three dogs from him in my lifetime, and all of them have been amazing animals. He just happened to be um, good friends. His teacher also bought a puppy at the same time in 1982, and, and he was in, his teacher of animal, animal husbandry and great knowledge of dogs and animals and how to teach animals. And I learned so much from the two of them. Um, they, Ed was also a, a he graduated from Penn State with his degree in animal husbandry, um, and and that was a, that was my beginning in 1982. Um, and of course, it went a long ways from there. I, I, I became a board member of Pine Lane Retriever Club, and and was very fortunate to be able to train with a lot of great trainers that are AKC Master Judges. Um, from there, I. The recession hit in 2008 and um, and I lost a job for the first time in my life. And I'm like, you know what? I'm really good at this training dog stuff and um, studied under another guy for for aggression because I didn't have experience in aggression. And, and I actually went to work with him and trained with him for six months, um, not only in aggression, but animal, you know, basically animal, the psychology of animals, how to work with animals, how to basically figure out the puzzles of, of solving problems with animals. Um, we did a lot of really neat things, be not only uh, bite work with dogs, but drug detection. Um, so I, I learned an immense a lot more at that time in my life. And I continue to train with other trainers to continue my knowledge of learning and because it never ends. People constantly teach me new things. So, and that's where I am. And Dave, I think, again, we, I personally, I, this is the Klaus, my German Shepherd, is probably the first dog that I've had where I I decided to really focus on training. I'm, I'm ashamed to say that, right? I've had other dogs 
love my other dogs, but unfortunately, I can't sit here and tell you that they were the best behaved dogs. They were our dogs. So, you know, we dealt with a lot of bad behavior issues, but I feel like it potentially cheated them out of having the best life they could have had with us, right? Not that it was a bad life, but I'm noticing already the difference with Klaus is that we're able to do more and it's not really like I'm not as worried about things. And I personally started trying to do this on my own. I felt like I had some success looking things up, reading things. And then it got to the point where I realized, you know what? I, I'm going to need some more help. And if I want to make him the best dog that he can be so we can have the best life we can have, I'm going to reach out to a professional. And that's what led me to you. Uh, do you find that unfortunately people reach out to you more maybe after they start to experience extremely bad behavior when you're brought in or are you having people reach out to you from the beginning to try to not get to that point so it's probably 75 25 75 where people reach out to me when they can't fix their dog and are having problems and issues that that they don't know how to handle or they don't know how to fix um, but I also have 25% of the proactive people that start right with a puppy. You know, I start with them and their puppies 10 to 12 weeks old, and, and we develop those good habits right from the beginning. Um, of course, it's always easier when you develop them right from the beginning versus dogs that already have habits. Now you have to break those habits and retrain good behavior in that dog. Um, not that it's not, it's not certainly not impossible. We, we've done it with your dog. We, I've done it with thousands of dogs at this point. Um, and it just takes a little bit more work. It's like no different than us, right? We, we have a habit, we have to break it. Same way with our dogs, we have to break those bad habits. And now we have to put rules in place that create better habits and make our dogs, obviously a much better companion for us and much more enjoyable in our house or on walks or whatever we do. The, the more they are trained, the more freedom we give them. And that's, the better life you talk about. It really is. Dave, I, I will say this. I'm, I'm proud to say this at least. And I was curious about this. Now, obviously I brought you in to help with Klaus and I've taken it really serious, right? I've, every time I have a session with you, we drill and do the things that you showed us, you know, leading up to the next session. Now, do you find it Unfortunately, at some people, it's almost like you see the dog one week and then you come back the following week and it's almost like you're pretty much where you were the week before. Does that happen often? You know, it's not everyone, but there are them people. And, you know, and I, and that's one of the things I always tell to a customer. I said, you, you know, if you're not going to work with your dog, you're wasting your money, you know, because me coming once a week for an hour to teach you is not going to, te am, am I working with your dog? Yes, I am working with your dog, but it's not, your dog may respond to me when I come back that next week and they definitely will, but that doesn't mean they're responding to you in between if you don't follow through with the, all the structure that I give you and, and the drills, you know, it, when you do that and you know it yourself, it's amazing how fast a dog can learn and how quick you start seeing that change in your dog to become a better dog and it, and it but it does take that effort. It's no different than our kids, right? You just, you don't have children if you're not going to put that effort in to help them and teach them. Same thing with our dogs. You know, it is so similar. It's kind of scary sometimes. 
Yeah, and I just want to give the audience a bit of an example of what Dave's talking about. This just happened this week. Dave was over for a session with me and Klaus, and we had taken Klaus over to the field, and we were working on some off-leash recall, things like that. And, you know, as we were doing it and Dave was working, myself, I'm like, I can't wait till I'm at this point. So next day I decided, you know what? Let me take him to the field on my own. And I did. I used everything that Dave did. And I was amazed that that day, just me over there, I we, we had gotten Dave to a about a 75-yard recall where I could put him in a sit position with birds around and a lot of distractions. And he did not move until I told him to come. And it just, it's so worth it. And it may have been the best walk in time I've ever had just to have him have that freedom to be able to, I had confidence that he was going to stay with me. And he just, I think he had the time of his life. So I wanted to thank you for that and tell the audience it's, it's true. Like you see these dogs in videos and how well behaved they are. If you put the time in and you bring a professional like Dave in, you will have success. And trust me, it's so enjoyable. So Dave, that leads me to the next thing though. Have you encountered, I, I wanted to ask, what are some of the most common problems you get called to come in with where like, and when I say problems, I mean where the people are almost at their wits end. And the next step is dogs going to end up in a shelter. So there's many levels of different different things that happen. It depends on the dog's age too, and depends on the rescues or whether they're puppies or what they are. Um, one of the large, very common things are puppy biting, and people don't know how to stop that puppy biting. And of course, if they have children in the home, it hurts. I mean, and and the kids become scared of the puppies, and it's it's not a good thing, right? It doesn't build good relationships with the dogs and the children in your house. Um, so that's one of the, you know probably one of the major major things that I come across, but, you know, anxiety in dogs, especially during this pandemic has gone up incredibly, you know, because people aren't socializing these dogs. So now when they get them, getting them outside, they're scared of cars, they're scared of people, they're scared of other dogs because they haven't experienced this. Um, and, and, you know, I can't stress to people enough when they have puppies, expose them to as much as you can, you know, call a professional before you buy a puppy, what to look for when you buy a puppy or a rescue. It, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it's, I think it's more important that you talk to one before you get a dog than after you get a dog. Making that right choice when you pick a puppy is, is crucial to me because dogs with anxiety and fear are 10 times harder to, to train than a confident dog. That doesn't mean we can't rescue these dogs and make a difference in our lives, but you better be aware of the work that you have to put in when you have that dog that has those types of issues, fear, fear issues could lead to fear aggression. It could, you know, lead to a lot of different problems because of their anxiety. And Dave, I think you start to touch on it and I don't think enough people are aware of this. I know I wasn't. And some of the research I ended up doing as I've been training Klaus and then obviously with your help, I, I don't think people really think about the psychology of the dog enough. For example, with the puppy biting, I mean, I think it's pretty natural occurrence. I, when it comes to the puppy biting, a lot of people, I think they just assume right off the bat that that's just aggression and that's a bad dog. 
Um, what would you say to people when it comes to that type of behavior? It, it's very rare. And you can, a professional will know the difference if it's true aggression. I mean, I'm going to say it's 98% of the time it's, it is puppy biting, right? Um, and they may be ground and, you know, you have a lot of people that didn't, didn't see what puppies and how they interact with their litter mates. You know, if they've seen that and witnessed that and, 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 you know, kind of watch what a puppy do, that's how they teach each other. That's how they learn from each other. That's who becomes the, they set the pack mentality that way. Um, and, and that's not aggression. It's just, that's how they communicate. That's how they learn. Um, you know, of course, our job is to teach them that their teeth don't touch our skin. And, and if you do that, you do it properly from the beginning, it just creates a much easier life in your house with your puppies, with your family. Um, and because it always seems like there's a weak link in a family that the puppy senses it and they know, they know where, who they can get away with biting. And, and if they create fear and that person moves away and runs away like a child, that's fun to a puppy. They think this is great. Just being a puppy, though, there's nothing out of the normal there. Um, again, there are cases that, and I've had a handful of them, not many, that was true aggression. And then you have to be aware of that and be able to handle that in a totally different way. So, Dave, I was curious about that. When you come across the dog that it truly is aggression, as a professional, how do you how do you handle that? Like, what are some of the techniques that you have to do to get that behavior under control? So it depends on what triggers them, right? You know, whether it's another dog, whether it's just people, um, uh, you know, somebody's rescues, you don't know what they've been through in their life. You know, whether a male figure has abused them or, or what has, what happened in their life, you know, what, what caused them to be aggressive. Um, and it's, it is a, something that you have to work with to build trust with that dog, right? That dog needs to trust you now that you're not going to go back to whatever maybe was horrible in that dog's life. Um, but it's a process and, it, and it's a process of teaching them obedience and trust with you, um, control um, that you're not going to hurt them is, and, and, and you're not going to put them in a bad situation when it's other dogs, it's different, you know? So it's, it's, just like I show you how to teach everything, you know, I, I, I call it my, my one brick at a time system, right? That I start from one brick. If it's a dog, I'm starting from 100 yards away on a dog if I have dog aggression and seeing how that dog responds. And I have to teach that dog to watch me versus watch that dog. And then it's 75 yards and then it's 50 yards and then it's 40 yards until I make it perfect. You know, and if it's not perfect, I back up. But it takes time, depending on how severe the aggression is. Dave, you just touched on something that I found and I think I've done probably the best job I've ever done with any dog I ever had, but it, it, the, the bond, right? I noticed with Klaus, I was very conscious of from a very early age, really bonding and, you know, to the point where I, I actually started with him where he would get half his food, you know, it was hand feeding like literally until he knew coming to me and that, you know, it was good things right before he got to the bowl. And I feel like that bond has absolutely helped. I do feel like a lot of people, when they get a puppy, they're not as conscious of 
the psychology again and what is needed. Is there any recommendations you have when you bring that puppy home for people to prior to calling a dog trainer, right? What are some things they can do to get off to a really solid start to build that solid foundation? So to me, and most people don't realize the imprinting age of a dog, right? It's the most important time of a dog's life that you can put an imprint on them that that carries them for the rest of their life is between 10 weeks and 16 weeks. Some dogs a little younger, but it's the average is between 10 and 16 weeks. So to me, when I bring my puppies home, of course, house training is number one, but engagement is my most important thing. I don't worry about teaching sit at first. I don't worry about teaching. I just worry about that puppy watching me. And of course I use food with it in the beginning. Um, and if I teach that engagement, it, it is incredible how, how that carries through in their life and how it helps you so much. It makes training them dogs to sit, to come, to down so much easier when they're engaged with you. And um, when you imprint that as a young age, that that's good things and they remember that, it just carries through their life. And all my dogs, it's amazing. People always ask me, how do you get your dogs to, to watch you all the time like that? And I tell them, it starts as a puppy. You have to imprint that. Dave, so you get that whole the imprint between, you know, the 10 to 16 weeks. From that point, in your professional opinion, what are the, what are the basic commands that you would say, this is really, you have to start to build that foundation as far as these commands are a, a no brainer. They have to have these as their foundation. You know, so I always look at dogs, right? And I tell people the simplest thing, right? You got to teach dogs three things, sit down and come. Sounds simple, right? Now, if I could teach my dog to sit, to down and come in any situation, I don't care if I'm in New York City, that's an incredible dog, right? So, but you have to, again, we go back to that building blocks, right? You have to one brick at a time, right? It starts with no distractions. And then you just continue to build with distractions, with confidence that that dog trusts you, that you're not putting him in a bad situation and that he has total confidence of what you're doing, that nothing's going to happen to him. And, and when you build that trust along with that progression, it just, it just flourishes. And, and that's, you know, of course, do you, can you teach your dogs a lot more things? Yes, you can. But if you can teach your dog to sit down and come in any situation, trust me, you have a good dog. Dave, when it comes to training the commands or whatever you're trying to teach your dog, I wanted to see where you fall. Like you, you hear a lot of people, it's, oh, it's, it has to be all positive. You can have no negative, right? And I, I just feel like, Obviously, you never mistreat an animal, never mistreat the dog, but I feel like it has to be a little bit of a mix, right? And I'm not saying that, I feel like they have to have a, somewhat of a consequence, again, for if they if they do something incorrectly. I wanted to see from your opinion how you feel about the whole training, positive versus negative. Very great question, right? Because, you know, you can gain, we could both get a lot of flack from this, but, you know, I am that guy that is not just all positive training. It's no different than my kids. Everyone doesn't get a trophy. You have to earn a trophy. Same way with my dogs. You know, do I work with food all the time in the beginning? Yes, but I'm also working with my leash on that. All my young dogs, all my young training and behavior, I work with a leash on when I'm teaching them. So they can't just run away or do whatever they want. I have to, hey, no, give them that little tug on their neck. 
when they're doing it right, good, boom, I'm rewarding them, right? I'm saying the yes word and I reward them. If I tell them to sit, they, their butt hits the ground, yes, boom, they get rewarded. But if they move, it's no, no. I take them back to that same spot. I come and give them a little tug on a leash, put them there. So they, they, they learn that there's, you know, some, this is, this is good. This is bad. And the more black and white you can keep it for dogs, the simpler and the better they understand it. Yeah. I, and I've honestly had, I've gotten to witness that with you firsthand with Klaus. And again, I when I, when we say the negative, right, it's, it's what they've said. It's a, it's a slight tug on the leash, but it's just enough to kind of get their attention and they know they're not doing what you want them to do. And Dave, I think you would agree with this. And I think a lot of people, sometimes I don't think people use a dog psychology enough against them, right? And what I mean by that is, I feel like for the most part, dogs want to please you and they want to do with what you're asking them to do. And they just need our guidance. And I've watched Dave with Klaus and trust me, Klaus is now about 110 pounds and I was at a point where sometimes when I would walk him, I feel like I, my forearms and my wrists from the, from the tugging was just ridiculous. And, you know, lately I don't even feel like there's any pressure at all on the leash. And that's because, you know, he's gotten that little tug here and there and he kind of knows he needs to stay in line with me and step with me. And it's been a joy. And I think that's what people miss when they hear about positive versus negative, always be nice. But if you're always nice, and there's no negative, you end up with a dog who's misbehaving and ultimately their life, the quality of their life isn't as good as it could be. Um, so Dave, I wanted to ask, do you do a lot of work or have you done a lot of work with sporting dogs? Um, that's always interested me because I feel like that's the next level as far as a dog's behavior. And I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about that a little bit about how there's levels, right? We have the basic obedience stuff I'm doing now with my dog and most people want, but I wanted to hear a little bit more about, it's always interested me about the sporting aspects of what dogs can do. So obviously for dogs, there's so many different sports out there today, you know, whether, you know, of course, Klaus is a German shepherd, you know, whether you want to get involved in any kind of bite work or, you know, competitions like that. Now, you know, people think bite work, but the amount of obedience that goes into bite work is incredible. You know, you, you're talking about dogs that have to learn how to search things, that have to learn how to retrieve things, have to learn how to go over walls. Um, you know, that that's a it's a very tough competition. You know, if you if you pull up a Schutzen competition and you go to a level three Schutzen, these dogs are amazing. You know, just in obedience alone let alone in the bite work type end of it. Um, you know, I, I, I've always been involved in retrievers. Uh, I am a member of the Pineland Retriever Club. Um, I'm a board member. Um, I've been training retrievers for, like I said, really I started and I actually went into field trials in, in the early 80s um, and been competing in the master level type hunt test for a long time. And, and to watch what these dogs can do, it's amazing. You know, I mean, they had the Super Retriever Series on ESPN. And if anybody's ever seen them, these, these dogs, are, it's amazing what we teach them. It really is. And, and you get a, every breed, right, has their specialty, I'm going to say. You know, a German Shepherd is protection work. A Labrador Retriever loves to retrieve. Now you're bringing out the joy of this dog, right? They, they just love to do this. They love the work. They, they want a job. You know, no different than I think people, right? You know, I think the people that are mentally 
Right. You know, that satisfaction from having a job that you do every day and you do it well, it brings you great satisfaction. It does. The dog's the same way. It really is. Dave, this is where this is why I was excited to do this podcast. This is going to be a little different than what I usually do. Right. Besides the interview, uh, everyone, obviously, um, in the next few days, Dave is going to be coming over for a session with me and Klaus. And we are going to add some video at this point. Uh, so from here, you know, everybody watching, you're going to get to see a little bit of my dog, Klaus. Uh, we're going to show some video at this point. Uh, and I think it should uh, really, I think everybody will enjoy it. I just, I know I get a kick out of watching Dave with Klaus. Um, sometimes I know when Dave comes, Klaus knows who's the boss. And it's not me, it's Dave, until he leaves. Then I'm the <laughs> boss again. And I hope you all enjoy what we're about to show you. Oh, now you want to get it. Well, I want, huh? That a boy. Good boy. Yes, good boy. All right. Fetch. No. Fetch. Okay. Hey. No, no. Fetch up. Hold. Oh. Okay. Fetch up. Okay. All right. Fetch. Fetch. Good. Hold. Out. Yes. All right, everyone. We're back. Um, the magic of video. I hope you enjoyed Klaus's uh, session with Dave. Um, Dave, I can't thank you enough for doing this, and I really hope this enlighten some people as far as how to really train their dog and how important it is so with that being said dave i wanted to give you an opportunity here could you let people know how they can get in touch with you if they need your assistance absolutely my i you can go onto my website my website is focus point dog training um and if you go there you also can call me my name is dave roberts my number is 215-252-6535 but everything's on my website. If you have any questions on there, you can you could put there's a form on there for you to you know send me a contact information and, and ask any questions. Um, or if you feel better, just to call me. You certainly are welcome to call me too. Dave, that's fantastic, and I encourage everyone. Please, you know, if it's not Dave, if you don't live in this area, if you need it, please invest in in some type of training for your dog. It is it's so rewarding. I can't tell you how much joy it brings me and the dog obviously klaus so everyone get those dogs trained you want to have a well-behaved pet it will bring you a lifetime full of joy dave i can't thank you enough for what you're doing i i really believe this is a service that people need to take more advantage of and people just really need to get the training for their dog because they would get it for themselves right people will get it for themselves but the dogs are the same way they need some discipline. They need somebody teaching them what's right, what's wrong, and really helping them make it through their life. They need guidance. I'll end with that. So thanks again, everyone. Really appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Charlie. This has been The Bare Essentials. Thanks for listening. And remember, never hibernate on your goals. 